Tonight, in a special report, we expose the dirty secrets of clean energy, the destruction of the Australian landscape in the cause of saving the planet. In a moment, we'll bring you a special report on the turf war in Highland Tropical Queensland between native forests and wind turbines. The rush to reduce Australia's carbon emissions is causing untold damage in regional and rural Australia. The demand for transmission lines, wind and solar generation is imposing a tremendous cost on our economy, on communities and the national natural environment. The transition is ill-planned, piecemeal and chaotic, as we shall see in this report, which I recorded on the Atherton Tablelands in northern Queensland, where the battle is on to save the Chilumban forests from the bulldozers. That's 44,000 to 60,000 years of history. Yeah. And they're taking that all up. We don't want that crap on our country. It'll never heal, it'll never be the same. Very cruel to, to First Nation people. Cruel. Yeah, very cruel. This is the new battleground in the climate war. These ancient highland tropical forests in far north Queensland are threatened by bulldozers. A unique ecosystem that's remained isolated for tens of millions of years is about to be sacrificed to the cause of saving the planet. Tonight we'll show you images you won't see in the corporate brochures and tell you the stories you won't read in the government press releases. Stephen Nowakowski is a renowned nature photographer. He was once an enthusiast for renewable energy. Now he's a whistleblower. I think the population is being brainwashed to some degree, thinking that these big industrial pieces of infrastructure are going to save, save our lifestyle and save the climate. And the climate does need saving, but I'd argue that this is the wrong way to do it. The most basic solution is you keep trees in the ground. That's step number one. We're getting fed misinformation by the federal government. We're getting fed misinformation by the state. And are there blatant lies, absolute blatant lies, to say that we can transition to a 100% renewable future? Yeah, you can do it, but at what cost? Queensland is set to become home to Australia's largest publicly owned wind farm. You could call this a field of dreams. I think we should have viewing platforms for families to come out here. This is the Caban Forest near Ravenshoe, Queensland's highest town. These images were shot by Noah Karski three years ago when the bulldozers moved in to prepare the ground for the turbines. Uh, Premier, there are multiple wind farms proposed for this area, several of which border the World Heritage listed rainforest. One of those is Shalumban, uh, which the state government has approved. 
how do you balance the clearing of thousands of hectares of land next to a World Heritage listed area with the push for renewable energy? Um, I might get Mick to talk about the specifics of that one. And as you can see up here in the far north is a great spot for renewable energy. We will do everything we can to um, protect our vulnerable species. The site for the wind farm is an area of high altitude in the wet tropics area of North Queensland, which is one of the world's most important areas of biodiversity. I think the wet tropics world heritage area is understood by um, the authorities to be almost the most important in Australia. It's by far and away the most important value is part of the buffer of the wet tropics world heritage area which runs down its eastern boundary, western boundary, and therefore is somewhere which should remain inviolate. We're talking about the most important area of biodiversity in Australia. And to put something, which is essentially an industrial land use, with massive change in the local environment, roads, turbines, access arrangements, etc., right next door to it is nothing short of foolish. And there are plenty of other places you could put a wind farm. That's, that's a big call, the most important area for biodiversity, given what we have in Australia, everything from the Daintree to the Tasmanian forest. Well, what let let me read that, to you. That, this is from the Wet Tropics World Heritage Area, the World Heritage Authority's website. The Wet Tropics World Heritage Area was ranked sixth, sixth amongst the global sites. So it's the sixth most important site in the world. And second amongst World Heritage Sites. So it's the second most important site amongst World Heritage Sites in the world for its irreplaceable endemic species and threatened species. Of the many species threatened in the Chilumbum Forest, the greater glider is the one that holds most concern. It's pretty much the end of them. So locally there will be species extinctions. Uh, there are other areas in which greater gliders live, but this, but they are threatened and they are under greater increasing pressure. Well, look at the size of it. That is a monster. The V162 Get how close, it's just huge, right? Yeah. It's just... So these are massive. And then, and then um, to imagine that... Just the sheer, the sheer challenge of getting them in here. Yeah. Oh, you, you've seen this, right? You've seen it happen. Yeah, yeah, really big engineering challenges. Um, and the, the, you, they've got to get them into really hard spots. Up steep inclines, on top of ridge lines, on top of mountains. Yeah. All of this road base needs to be quarried from somewhere else and trucked here. So it's not only pushing the roads in, but then you, you've got to really open up another quarry to provide all the road base. What we're seeing here, Shalumban, 145 kilometers of roads like this through all that country down there. Yeah. See all that, all that country, that's the Shalumban side. So that's all going to get carved up like this. Yeah, well, here we are. One, two, 
three, four. So we're going to need 9,000 of these in Queensland. Boeing's own figures is we should be putting in one of these every Boeing? 18 hours. That's right, yeah. So every 18 hours, we've got to put one of these in. Every day till 2032. You know a word I'd use for this? Or three words. Over the top. Like, yeah. You've got a problem here, or perceived problem about carbon in the atmosphere. You want to turn electricity carbon free. That's your ambition, right? And you do it like this, like... <laughs> Just, yeah. You you cut great swathes in the great swathes in the bushland. Uh, you, you bulldoze and hack into rock. Does any of this make any sense to anybody? This is why I call this the greatest public policy failure of my lifetime by far. I mean, you you want you've got a project. You want to create green energy. Uh, you want to create carbon-free energy, and uh, you go about it in the most absurd the complicated, expensive and damaging way you can. Yeah, but they're, they're just, they're really big pieces of infrastructure. So these big tubes, these big cylinders, the, the structural poles of the turbine, they all come in on truck, semi-trailer. So all these roads need to be engineered to bring in these big components. Then the cell up there, the center spindle is around 80 tonne. So that's 80 land oh, cruisers. I hope it's not going to fall on us. Yeah, what blows me away is uh, on this site, we could have had a 200 megawatt SMR, 300 megawatt SMR that would take up tiny proportion. a tiny proportion of this pad. We could, lose, <laughs> we could lose 18 hectares and put, which would not be a good thing. I'm not advocating we yeah. put a nuclear no. reactor here, but were we to yes. do something yeah. like that? Yeah, 18 you. hectares as opposed to what? 200 hectares or more? Well, that's right, yeah. Yep. You're building on a hill. You've got a lot of earthwork just to get a flat surface uh, yeah. like this. This is not simple construction and it's not um, tidy construction. No. No, it's, I'd call it a very brutal assault on the yeah. landscape. This is really heavy machinery, rock-breaking yeah. machinery. And they have teams and teams of rock breakers working simultaneously across the site. Yeah, so what we're seeing here is a 20 metre cutting. And if you look over the edge here, no sediment control, just come and have a look. And basically all the fill has just been thrown over the, over the bank. This Everything's is, just thrown this over. This is a disgrace. You know, if this was a mine site, there'd be sediment control. And Look at that. Yeah, it's just, I don't care. Well, there's a little rock. bit over there. There's some matting over there, but, you know, yeah, all this is nothing. I mean, this yeah. is all just going to be washed yeah, away. It all washes away. This End is of the river. Yeah, so magnificent brood frogs. They're all found in these dry uh, seasonal creek gullies all in this country here. Fine. Yeah, we've got this um, where they've just pushed the, the material straight over the edge. Uh, no sediment control. Uh, um, just nothing. If this was a mine site, we'd be there'd be sediment control. There'll be you know compliance. There's no compliance. That's the other thing. So with wind farms, there's no compliance. There's nothing. I'd go as far as to say this is a cowboy industry. It's just a cowboy industry. We, we don't know if the, the carbon stats are being included in terms of shipping the vast distances, the trucking of these materials, the fly-in, fly-out workforce that's required. 
and then all this really heavy civil earth moving. Um, Maybe they're so proud of what they're doing down there or what they're about to do over there in Shalumban. Yeah. They should turn this into a viewing platform. Let's bring the busloads of kiddies up to see what's happening with renewable energy. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I'd rather just see this place. I'd rather see them pull down. Just pull them down. And I think you'll find the majority of the traditional owners and the people of Ravenstone and the local communities and people who understand energy would say just pull them down and, and uh, invest the money wisely in new generation SMR nuclear, which will provide power 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Um, it's a far better use of resources, energy, money, land, everything. Well, it'd be a good idea to pull them down. I'm not doubting that, Steve, but if you did that, you'd never get this land back to anything no, close. No, no, it's, 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 it's a quarry. So this site now is a quarry and it can never be remediated. Long after man has gone. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be... The, long uh, after the nuclear winter or whatever is going yeah. to end us, these will still be here and, and, and people will say, well, that was what man did. Yeah, it's going to be a folly to humankind. Yeah, so these are a, a folly to humankind. Um, You're turning me into a greenie, Steve. <laughs> I've got to spend less time with you. <laughs> In acknowledging country, I also acknowledge a fundamental truth, that our First Nations people, who enjoy such rich and meaningful connection with their country, have much to lose from unchecked climate change. Okay then. Then you want to meet ya. This is my, my our home. Waibala, Waibala man, welcome to my country, you're all welcome walk in my country anywhere you want and talk to our spirits and ancestors that are walking with us today and I welcome you all on our country. Thank you very much for coming. Good and I respect, pay my respects to your elders past Thank and present. They will be effectively trespassing on your land won't they if they do. Yep I'm very disgusted on what they're doing now. Uh, you come into anybody's country, you need to be welcomed by all the families and that you're allowed to be in this country. But you only take a word of one man or a woman, uh, it doesn't give you, give you credence and the respect for, you, for them to be on that country. We grew up in the days of our always. Uh, we still want to keep them always going and, and get the rest of the people involved and what we're doing and how we're trying to protect the land. Um, but the government is, 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 is making a big, a big wind, windstorm in, in amongst all, all of our people. Because they're only making, they're only asking one TO person when they should be consulting with the other clans that are around. So when they say they have permission that it's because they've just gone to one person and they haven't really taken the trouble to consult yeah. everybody, all the elders. That's right, they just, just come in and they just set their, set their little table up and say, well, who are the traditional people? Yeah. It was like it was said to me by a mate of mine, he said, Tomo, you've got to understand, uh, when we drive down the street and someone say, uh, who are the TOs from this country? Um, he'll say, oh, is that black man over there from this country? We go and ask him. We'll put his name down. And this is what they're doing again.
Yeah. They, they're not really getting up and certify their bloodlines and who they are, where they're from. They're just coming and going, I'm jittable. Well, how are you? How are you jittable? They're not bloodlines. No. And that's the biggest def, def thing in the native title is the bloodlines. Uh, you've got to have the real bloodline people in there talking. Mm. Um, otherwise, you've got nothing. You only run on the words of historical, historical Aboriginal people who were brought here. Mm. And when there's money in it, as there is with royalties, there are lots of people who say they want to be durable people who aren't, right? Yes. It's, it's a very... It's, it's human very, nature. Yes. <laughs> well, there's a turbine and all you see is red, especially night time. But without the red, it's just void. There's nothing there. That's what it represents to me, a nothingness. Um, and then it's like dark in the very... Um, close proximity to it and as you move further away life is a little bit better and a little bit brighter and it's not as daunting and up here on the left that's Caban wind farm over on the right is the Windy Hill wind farm and it's all dark and miserable and and in the middle in the triangle and the triangle is Raven so and what it's supposed to look like. Beautiful green rolling hills and beautiful blue skies. Um, and of course the triangle is if represents what it is like now and how we will be surrounded. And the green down the bottom is Chalumban and blue skies and just beautiful and pretty and untouched very simple there's nothing complicated about it and this trail is the spirit of the ancestors that still that still belong in Chalumban and are still there that still walk those paths so if and the wind farm goes ahead what will that land look like black, dark, horrible. <laughs> the pretty will be wiped out. It'll be just disgusting. Yeah. Hey, look at this. Yeah. Just look at that. It's a beautiful country. Breaks your heart, doesn't it? They're going to put... They're going to put the windmills in there. Uh, the Blunder Park and everything over there. Up on that ridge, on the other side there. The front ridge or the back ridge? Uh, the front ridge. Uh, I'm just going to... Uh, Second ridge running behind there. That's the blunder area there. Right along down there. And they want to really rip this whole country up. And, and we've got massacres on that on that part of the country too. And my This is if I just came across this accidentally, if I was just driving the car and I stopped and got off here, I'd just go, Wow, look at that. Mm. 
I mean, there's special country and special country, right? But that is just... Yes. You'll, you'll never, never get this in another lifetime. It's like taking a, 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 a brand, a sort of dirt of gravel. Well, that's real. You know, that's 45,000, mm. 60,000 years of history. Mm. And they're digging that all up. <laughs> and it's, it's poisoning our waterways and conducting um, flight paths for our, our migrating species and everything. Mm. Uh, and I, I could say a lot more to to what's, what's what the big windmills are doing, um, but at the end of the day, it's no good for our part of the region, for our my last bit of our ecosystem. I want to keep my country the way it was, and I know I know we need to change a bit, but we need to change it in a good way, not in a bad way of just coming and slip flop slap and putting all these putting all these. Um, uh, windmills in when they think it's a solution when it's not a solution. No, it's a problem. It's a problem. There's greater gliders down there, right? That's greater yeah, gliders. Yeah. And what other what other animals would you find down there? Oh, you find the the, the, the cookie, the uh, the owl. The owl. And you know, the flying foxes. Yeah. And you got the cross the grey goshawk, flying yeah. in the country, and all our, all the native animals that live on the ground, all the beetles and. And you got, you got gonna, you're gonna have towers over there. I'm trying to get my head around this. Two hundred meters tall, right? Mm. So that's higher than the Sydney Harbour Bridge along that ridge. That ridge yeah. And you wouldn't want to be a greater goshawk, would you? Flying into one of those. That's right. I, I want you to tell me this is all just a joke, right? You called me here and said <laughs> this isn't true. You're just pulling my leg. I wish I could say that, but it's it's happening big time here now. Um, uh, if they don't build it here, they'll take it somewhere else and it'll destroy their country. But, you know, at the end of the day, the TAs need to stand up and tell them we don't need it here. No. But it's a big, it's a, I oh, know, it's, it's, I'm trying to really wake up in, in this dream world of what's really happening. Yeah. Well, while they're taking the Bondi Beach, there's plenty of wind there. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, Bondi Beach, yeah. It's ridiculous and very cruel to, to First Nation people. Cruel. Yeah. Yep, very cruel. That's what I think of, yeah, the government's just... Yeah, very cruel. Looking out there across that land there, how well do you know that country? Could you walk over there and find your way through? Because I couldn't. That's Ronald there. Yeah. Um, and this Blundo goes all the way out to the station there, Warura, Blunder Creek. You see a fishing and that camping there on that side with my dad and that family. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd find my way there somewhere to, yeah, a house even. And so if we walk down into that forest there, it would be pretty much native forest, would it? With it's, it's very thick, very thick. I mean, you've just got to go over here at, at the bottom of this rock here. Mm. And it's just so thick. You'd have to, you want to bring an, 80 meter wind turbine blade you'd have 
chopped down a lot of trees. Yep. Okay. I picture that as, as we're talking and it's just yeah, upsetting. I can't go out to Cabanas. I refuse to go there. Just the thought of them. Mm. Yeah, it's it's just it is it's affecting my health for sure. What I don't get, Trish, is we're supposed to be respecting the Aboriginal people. The Prime Minister is is sending us to a referendum to show respect to the Aboriginal people by getting a voice to Parliament, but that doesn't fit with what his government is doing here. Oh, I, I feel it's a, another trick for what's coming down down the road somewhere. Something else is gonna it's, I feel it's gonna happen. It's why they it's what they did to the uh, our ancestors and they just yeah, just told them what to do and how to live and I mean I I wouldn't tell anybody how to live. Mm. That's that's just not right. We thought we were better than that. We thought we were past that time. I feel it's getting worse. Real elderly, but you know, I can see what's happening and I just, I just don't. I wouldn't even time a day really, but I would like Minister Fubisek to come here and have a look for herself. Whether that will Get her I honestly don't know, but she's destroying destroying animal life. People come go out in the wilderness, out the forest to relax, camp, get away from get away from So how do you feel about this land? When you see it, what do you feel? When when I see it mm. I just I don't want to leave. Um, like I was saying, yeah, it's like, well, we call it Mother Earth. And like a mother looks after, looks after you, so you look after mother, you know? Respect your mother. Same goes for the earth and all of this. That's in the all Aboriginal land um, to live with the, live with the, the creation and get to know the animals that's how we identify identify with the animals um, that's how that's how you get your totem your totem what which is your totem my, my family or the tribe is um the white cockatoo <coughs> it's gay gay umbula it's cool and um yeah we're we're very proud people, but also humble. And so do you worry about the turbines and what that'll do to the water? Very much. Um, just like even before they're up and running, this destruction that's beforehand. Um, Disturbing all that earth and... Yes, yep. And of course, in the wet, when we get the wet season, it all runs to river system and it all ends up out in the ocean. Great Barrier Reef. Yeah, yeah. And it, the Herbert River, yeah, it comes out at Ingham there. 
I just think, Tommy, I just think if only we could get the minister to come here, we could get Tanya Plibersek to come here. And I'm just thinking, I mean, I'm no expert, but I reckon we could probably land a helicopter here. There's enough space here, yeah. make it easy for her. Yeah, yeah, it'd be over, yeah. She'd get out and she could look at this and she'd go, wow. Yeah. Yeah, you, 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 you. they see it from a picture, well, you come, yep. And we've got swamps and everything back in back of this part of the country uh, mm. as well. Uh, a lot of it is a very sacred swamp for us where our people got massacred and thrown in in swamps. Uh, it's never been really told. Yeah. But that's why we're trying to protect it all. Oh, yeah. Cool. And, and, and the station people out there want to help us too and, and stopping us from all going ahead. And yeah, they know the deficits of what what the impact of the windmills are going to going to be on their properties. Yeah, should we go and talk to Trish? Yeah, go and talk. Tremendous amount of earth moving and civil engineering. Uh, a workers' camp. There's going to be a concrete batching plant down in the valley down here. So they need to make tremendous amounts of concrete. Twelve hundred ton of reinforced concrete per turbine pad. Slab. Um, so roads, a camp for workers, correct, and a concrete batching plant. Yep. Um, substations, transmission lines. Substations, transmission lines, and these. You, see, you and I have seen them elsewhere, and these are these are big things, right? These are big beasts. These yep. these transformers. They're. Mm, I mean, you'd have to see them, but they are massive. Yeah. I've seen them under construction, yeah, yeah. and uh, and then of course once they're there, you've got to hook them up with cables, not little cables, but massive high voltage transmission lines. Yeah, that's right. Yes. So, so you're going to have to have high voltage transmission through this country. Well, exactly. Yeah. So there's all the turbines need to be hooked together, and that will consist of both underground power between the turbines and over overland power. Um, but where the power lines are going overland, um, over the top there'll be swathes of forest cleared. And I saw that down at Clark Creek. Clark Creek, all those turbines are basically linked over land, over the, over the top, or th mm. on top of land. And, uh, you know, I photographed the big swathes of forest that they've got to clear to punch these transmission lines through the through it. It's not just a case of, of sticking them on the top of the hill, right? You've got to do that. You've got to have massive earthworks eating into that. We're talking like large bulldozers possibly dynamite yeah, yeah well Mount Emerald they had to use dynamite in the rock ridges it was that was more efficient to blow the ridges out with dynamite than smash machinery apart you know trying to use rock breaking machines um, so dynamite will most likely be used we've got some pretty hardcore rock here um, I'd, I'd assume this is like a, a basalt rock and uh, yeah you know <laughs> That's just hard rock. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, so they're going to have to, they'll, they'll most likely use dynamite. This is the rock that's under all of it, right? This is a, at some point they'll hit the basalt because this is a volcanic region. That's right, yes, yes. And yeah. Yeah. I, I, it's like I said to Tommy, I, I, I want you guys to tell me that this is one yeah. big joke. It's April Fool's Day or something and you're going to say, no, it's all joking. But I, I just cannot fathom how in this day and era... They could send men in there, where we're looking there, with sticks of dynamite to blow the, blow the side off hills. 
Yeah. I thought we were all supposed to be greenies like you. <laughs> well, that's right. <laughs> I actually, like you said, I actually find there's times I, I'd crack myself up laughing. And it's not because I find it comical. I just, because it's so fucking stupid. <laughs> yeah. It's just... <laughs> you know, and, and like now I'm just laughing because the... the to give you scale. These roads have to be cut up hills like this. So imagine the cut and feel required, the civil engineering. So we're going from 300, the truck's going to be coming in down the bottom here. We're 300 metres higher here. So it's going to be 300 metres of elevation change. And these big trucks carrying 40, 60 tonne nacelles are going to have to punch their way up these ridges. So the earth moving is off the charts. Well, this is pretty steep here. <laughs> I, yeah. yeah, there's not a turbine pad going here. Yeah, this is indicative of, of the country that's a bit further south. Um, yeah, but, but this, this is this is what we're looking. But at those here. those ridges up there, that's those ridges in the distance. Yeah, that's yep. where we're going, right? That's where that's where they're going to the west. Yeah, yep. and that's yep. so they'll come in on this lower level and then have to climb up that. That's right. They've got to climb up these. And how do they inclines. how do they get an eighty meter blade up those hills? by providing really big haulage roads at the right gradients so the trucks can pull them up. Uh, You'd be struggling in a truck, wouldn't you? Oh, well, they tie trucks together. So what they did at Mount Emerald, they actually tie trucks together, two or three trucks, tie them together with chains to haul these heavy pieces of components up steep inclines. Hmm. The wind resource, is, is the wind resource going to be here? It's the short life span of this infrastructure, you know, 20 years, pull it down, replace it. There's the issue of environmental bonds. If these proponents go belly up, administration, liquidation, what happens with the turbines? After the life, um, the, the life of the turbines, who pulls them down? Are they going to be replaced? No one knows. Remind me of the... The nameplate capacity is going to be what? How many megawatts? I've got so many numbers in my head. Uh, oh, I, think, no. I think this one's around 600 megawatt. All right. So that's a reasonably yeah. big one. But actually yeah. 600 megawatts. I'll just say 600. And then you say, well, 30% capacity factor. So we reduce that by a third because it's only going to be running a third of the time. 200 measly flipping megawatts of intermittent renewable energy. And they're going to do all that just for this. Yeah, so I, build, stick a blooming small nuclear reactor in my backyard, please, and save this. Yeah, I'd love, I'd, I'd prefer a nuclear reactor in my a new generation SMR in my backyard than destroying all of this. Uh, it's common sense, and um, I, it, it, it's it's more than stupid. It's just criminally stupid, isn't it? So if, if it goes ahead, Jalantham, what will that mean to you? Um, I think for me, mostly it's the, <coughs> it's the disrespect to our elders, you know? Um, 
one of my grandmothers were born at the bottom of the gorge, you know, those waterways, they were for <clears throat> initiation and birthing and we don't come from Ravensoe Town, we come from that rainforest, so that's life, you know. So we're disrespecting our elders and our ancestors and and life. That's where life comes from for us. That's where life begins. Nothing good can come out of it. Our people will start to get sick and suffer. Our spirits will suffer because we'll start losing connection. It's a spiritual connection that we're supposed to look after and protect. It's not the visual, it's the spirit. That's what makes us who, us are, who we are and that's what makes that rainforest so important. Our water creation stories and the rainbow serpent that protects the waterways. the old people's homes, you know, where they had their babies and buried their old people, where they learnt how to become men and women. We're in Ravensoe because some white men said we had to go and live in a settlement. We don't come from in town or from a settlement, we come from the rainforest. We are the people of the rainforest. And there's some of us that are willing to sacrifice it, you know, sacrifice who we are. That's our identity. It's just poison. It's, I don't know, too much. Have you tried to tell them this? <laughs> yep. And so have the elders. You know, the elders said it's forbidden. They can't touch it. But some people don't care because they've been promised money. Money's not going to benefit us. There's so many of our people lost because they don't have that connection to country. They don't have grounding. They don't have a sense of belonging, you know. Um, someone asked me, what do, you, what do you mean when you mean home? And I said, we don't mean a physical house or, or anything like that. We mean country. When we talk about home, we're talking about going home to country. And it's... When our old people are sick, they want to go out on country. They want to go camping. They want to eat off the land, you know. Um, I just had my auntie at home just uh, uh, last year and she was in palliative care and she her time was days, you know. They didn't give us a time. They said it could possibly be months. All she wanted was to come home. She just wanted to come home. She... She didn't want to be buried here, but she wanted to be home before her last days, you know. And and I'm glad I brought her home because if these windmills go ahead, I couldn't bring another elder home to see that. Imagine what that would do to them, you know. Seeing your home destroyed and turned into nothing. Everything you've ever known as a human has just been thrown out for money. That is not means nothing to us. Well, this is in Queensland, right? The Queensland government has set up a special voice to the Queensland Parliament. 
I don't know whose voice, but it certainly ain't ours. It's certainly not our voice. It's not... You can say it's all for an all Indigenous people, but unless you have thousands of people in that office representing the thousands of different nations around Australia, it's not a voice. It's not a voice for anybody. It may be for a couple of nations or tribes, however you'd like to word it, but it's not... It's not for everybody. It doesn't apply to everybody. So do you think a federal voice to parliament will happen? I mean, you get a federal voice to parliament, they can talk straight to the energy minister, tell him what's happening. They could tell him all about what's happening up here. A federal voice to parliament? Mm. I think you can have anyone you like go in there, but unless they're from our country and understand our law and our stories, and what's sacred to us, it's going to mean nothing. You can send whoever you like there. But unless they, unless they are one of us, they're not going to be telling our truth. They're not going to be telling our stories. You know, they're going to be someone looking from the outside, standing on the outside looking in and having their own interpretation instead of living it, being it. There's a complete difference. You know, I can talk about tribes all over Australia and, and the different ways, you know, how you respect their law and, and how they're different to us, but also a lot of things are common. But I can't speak on behalf of them. I can talk about it and I can say, oh, yeah, that's similar to us, but I can't talk about that. That's not something I know or truly understand. That's not my truth. My truth is Jiribal country. That's who I am. That's where we come from. So it's not right that anybody can just speak on behalf of us. They don't, you know, they don't, they don't have the understanding. They don't see the world through our eyes. They have their own world and their own paths to walk. That's not ours. Um, so no, but nobody's standing up for you right now, are they? No, no. And we've never had a voice. We've never had anyone to back us, you know. We've never, you know, there's North Queensland Land Council, there's the PBC, and uh, they've all got funding. Oh, they all got government funding, but no one said, oh, you know, this is, oh, we're for it, but we can provide you with solicitors to help you have your say. So you got a legal standing. There was nothing. It's like, yeah, there was no... Nothing for us. We weren't even informed. So we're expected to just... And if you don't go to the meetings and if you don't, you're don't, you not there and have your say, they just go ahead with it, you know? And a lot of these meetings are bloody... Um, with the video link. Elders don't know how to work a phone, let alone do video link, and they should be having the first and last say on meetings. They haven't even got Decisions. the courtesy to turn up to look, to look you in the eye. They do it by video link. No, they want the people to attend by video link if they can't come to the meetings. How are you going to get an elder to attend a meeting by a video link when they can't even work a mobile phone? That's ridiculous. And then they don't say, oh, we can provide you transport or we can hire a car for someone to bring you. There's none of that. It's like you're there or you're on video link or you don't have a say. And it's always been the elders have the first and last say, you know, and they haven't been a part of any of this process, you know until I went around informing them. 
Are these paintings that you show me, and the, and the, and the uh, that's based on what you saw at Caban, is it? Yes. It's, I drive, every entry and exit point in and out of Raven, so you see this thing. And I call it a nothingness. That's what it is. There's nothing there. It's just these big white things turning. Um, it just, it's like a wasteland, nothingness. That's the only way I can describe it. But people in the city would think these are good things because they're, they're producing cleaner electricity. Do you not see the benefit? Cleaner electricity. Okay, so we talk about global warming. Trees were put here for a purpose. Trees do the cleaning. So why are we knocking down thousands of acres of trees to put up some metal and cement? I don't know, but to me, that's kind of crazy. Defeats the purpose. You talk about global warming, but you continue to knock down trees? I'm no scientist, man, but common sense, eh? Well, you know, look at the Amazon. Oh, no, we've got to, you know, everyone's got something to say about the Amazon. Why? Because the trees are being cleared. How's that different here? You know? Because it's, it's a turbine, it's different? No, it's not. It's exactly the same thing. Erosion, pollution, death. You know? You're opening it up to worse things than leaving the trees there. Just a little bit of electricity. And electricity, come on, green energy. It's a consumer's world. Everything lasts two years, then you've got to go and buy a new one. And because it's better, it's got more technology, which uses more power, so it's, it's all rubbish. They just make it look better and brighter, but it's all still consumerism. You want to you save the planet? Stop consumerism. You know, don't make everything the last two years. Don't make everything throw away. Do they, do they, do you think they pay any attention to the damage this is committing to your country and to your people? No. If they paid attention, they would have consulted with us. We would have been part of the planning process. Not an afterthought. Not because we accidentally find out. You know, they don't care. And it's really, really disrespectful, you know. And I don't like using this term, but the easy, easiest way for me to describe it to people who don't understand because they don't have that Indigenous spiritual connection is, what if I go, what if I go to a war memorial and say, I don't want to go there. I want, I want to put a turbo on there because then I can work my house lights. I don't want that church there. You know, I want to put a solar farm there because yeah. it's going to power the town. How is that different? How is anybody else's religion and beliefs different to ours? Just because they don't believe it and they don't practice it. Do we not deserve respect? Is it all myth? Is it legend? Is it a fairy tale? It doesn't matter if it's sacred to you, it's sacred to you. Exactly. So why aren't we given the same respect that war veterans and religious people are given. Why aren't we given that respect? They want to do, the plans are of course to do a lot more of this all over the country and they're saying that 50% of it will be on Aboriginal land. Yeah, well, 
do you know what this is like? And I explain this to someone else. And the way they're doing it is they're going to these PBCs, right? And these are the prescribed body corporate. These are the people who supposedly look after the, the best interests of the people, the local tribe. So you go into a PBC, there's four, five people, depends how many you get on the day, and they're looking after the best interest of the people. So you go, you get your government bodies or your millionaires to go in there and talk to these people. Now these people run a business. A PBC is a business. You go in there, you promise them money. And they're going to say, yeah, let's do it. It's going to better our people. We can do this, we can do that. You go and ask the common indigenous person on the street and they're going to go, we don't need that crap. We are not people of material things. Material, material things, oh yeah, they're nice to have, but they don't actually mean anything to us. They don't have any significance. You know, our car breaks down, oh well, we'll just go get another one. It's not, oh my God, my car's broken down, you know, like, so what do we do now? So where does this, so, money, does this money end up? In the PBCs. The PBCs being the, the people that have decided they can make a quid off this. Well, yeah, and they say they're using it to better the people, but like, what are you putting that money into? You know, they talk about scholarships. Why the hell do we need scholarships when we got homeless kids or overcrowded houses? School's not going to mean anything to kids if they can't get there or they don't have decent meals or their home's overcrowded, you know? We've got a lot more social issues than kids getting educated, you know? They got, kids don't even know who they are these days because they lack identity, because they haven't been taught about their culture and their connections, their family connections, where they belong and where they come from. Unless they know who they are, they've got no idea where they're going. So scholarships mean nothing until we can sort our children out and give them an identity, give them a sense of belonging, teach them how to be people in their own right, not just follow the crowd, you know? So scholarships aren't going to do anything for our children. So I don't know what, you know, there's housing, there's, let's get our kids back out on country, put it into the children. Really put it into the children, not educations that may work. You might get three kids that go. But there's hundreds of kids out there that need help, that need elder, need connection, you know. Um, and then you got on the other end of the spectrum, you got our elders. Our elders don't even get out on country anymore. Why aren't we making, making it easier for them to connect with country? Why aren't we providing services for them to get them home? You know, it's so, PBCs, I read the rule book or the constitution of one of them and it was to look after the best interest of the Jitterbug people. Well, I'm sorry, man, but this doesn't say anything about the best interest of our people. It's, it's destroying our people. It's creating division. It's creating hatred. It's creating trauma because you got some people who believe this is really good, you know, because we get some money out of these turbines, and then you got the other people that have the old system beliefs that we don't want that crap on our country. We can't fix it. It'll never heal. It'll never be the same. Once that spiritual... How do you say it? Once that spiritual place has been disturbed, it'll never be the same. You can't bring back what is lost once it's lost. And so there's people like me who believe in that. That's, that's not worth it. 
And I, I can bet there's a lot of people who'd say, let's just go and live in a tent and cook on a fire. Because we are willing to sacrifice electricity to keep what we have sacred. So it's... Do you reckon you've got any chance of stopping us? All I can say is I have hope. If I have hope and I hold on to hope, I have something. Not all is lost and then I don't... And then I haven't failed my elders in doing the right thing by them. They owe us nothing. It is up to us. And right now we're not doing a really good job. They fought, you know, they fought and they died and they were separated and removed and all they ever wanted was home. They never ever forgot home. And now it could be lost because of greed. And because of promise that can't really be promised. You know, uh, uh, they promise that you know turbines create a greener, better future. There is no future. You have plenty of turbines, but there is no future if there is no country. So, well, the Environment Minister Tanya Plibersek will announce her verdict on the Chilumban application in September. So time is tight if we want to win this battle as we must. Which is why I'm asking you to contribute to the fighting fund to save Chilumban if you can and save Chilumban and the other tropical areas of national beauty under threat from renewable energy. Rainforest Reserves Australia is one of very few organi environmental organisations that is fighting this corner. Donations are tax deductible. Just go to www.rainforestreserves.com .org.au to donate online. I'll read that again, www.rainforestreserves.org.au. And please do it today because time is not on our side. My thanks to Stephen Nowakowski for being my guide in that report and for the magnificent footage you saw from the air. Thanks too for Mike for the camera work and all the crowd at the Cheeky Possum Cafe in Ravensow are battling to save their town from a ring of steel, concrete and fibreglass. I'll be bringing you more on the Ch Chamberlain fight next week. In the meantime, thank you for watching.